I will not let this republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Welcome to Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. It is August 16th, 2018, and we're talking Zenger's doing something with Attack of the Clones because nothing happened today with Star Wars news. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I'm joined by the one and only Zenger. Truly wonderful, the mind of a child is. That was a terrible Yoda impression. That scene's not that very good Yoda anyway. Ayo. It isn't. It isn't, but I will get into that. Yes, we will. All right, so Zenger is doing something with Attack of the Clones. He's very. He's giving me a very loose idea yes. of what he plans on doing. So, Zenger, please tell me what I've gotten myself into this week. Well, okay, two things. One, Mark has joined us, but he has agreed that he will only speak if he completely disagrees with any statement I make. So... Mark Mark is here, but like I said, if he disagrees with me, he will speak up. Otherwise, assume he has agreed with everything I say. See? Exactly. He does not disagree with that statement, therefore he has not spoken. So <laughs> with that being pointed out a while back for the Zingness Patreon, which I'll make the episode free, I did a discussion with myself about if I could go back and fix the Star Wars... Like, if, if, if I was given the opportunity by Lucasfilm to fix the Star Wars... Like, what, what What? I felt was wrong with Star Wars, which is episode two, which I show so much hate towards. If, if I was basically, here's the cast, here's your ability to redo it, go for it. And, and I kind of established it as I could only do reshoots. I couldn't, like, go from, like, completely redo the whole story. So that's what I'm going to do today is kind of go back over that, retooling it and trying to be like, this is what would make it work. Because I feel like this is the most disjointed, most out-of-place Star Wars movie and I have given Zach free reign to try to tear it apart as I go, too. Oh, boy. Because well, I'm going to go tear episode two apart. That's the premise for today's episode. And by all means, if you want to comment or let me know your opinions, please do. But in my opinion, episode two is the worst Star Wars movie. And it technically would not take, that too, would not take too much of an effort to make it make a lot more sense and make it be a very much more impactful episode in the series in my opinion so just for clarification and for i guess uh, uh giving a framework you're doing this with knowledge of everything that's uh, that's currently happened in star wars you're not doing this in the mindset of like 2002 with no knowledge of like revenge of the sith and everything that will come later i will actually this will have the move okay the way i'm, I'm going to redo this is the beginning in the end, still have to have the same points to, to a lesser extent. Like, oh, okay. Like, I can't change it to where episode three can't happen, or there's a ripple effect to where other stuff doesn't happen. Like, everything still kind of has to. It's one of those things. Like, um, I know they were talking about it recently, but like, um, that eleven forty whatever that that one movie that was on Netflix with um, not Netflix, uh, Hulu. The Stephen King one about Kennedy getting assassinated, that, that oh, history yes. pushes back so you can't change history too much. A revisionist kind, history, yeah. Yes, I'm kind of playing with that to where I can only change so much. If I changed more, it would it would change what happens later. So I think with the rules I put down, and since this isn't Zingness, I can't break my own rules too, too much. So with that put down, that's that's kind of where I'm going at this from. So you're saying I get to be Judge Zanger this episode? You get to be, yes, you get to put on your Zach hat. You get to, 
you, you get you get to come at me if you want for anything, but but you have to have a good argument because I'll argue back. Okay, because I feel like I, having that, I feel like I have like two Infinity Stones. I have the Judge Zanger gavel, and yes. I have the Zach Hap. There's never been a time ever in a Knights of Vader podcast when somebody's wielded two of these powerful items at the same time. Yes, but if I can find up oh, there, they are. All right, hold on. Let me just do this so Zach is aware of the situation that has unfolded in front of him now. Oh dear. Oh man, hipster zanger. No, no, no. These are the exact. Oh man, I need a hat too, so I can put on a hat. Because I'm a director. Because directors wear hats and have glasses to read scripts. He's Wait, Spielberg hat. I got, I got this. I got a hat on now, so I can I can be a director. Another life, Zenger was an actor. I, I got a hat on now. I, I need a megaphone though, but I don't. Ha- I just 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 assume I have a megaphone and I'm and I'm smacking a grip that that's brought me coffee that I don't want. But I told him to bring it to me, and I just smack it out of his hand. So assume that has happened, and here <laughs> we. Go. All right. So, and also, this is going to be kind of just my review of episode two as well. So, bear with me for this exciting ride. All right. So, episode two begins with the whole ship coming down to Coruscant, gets blown up because there's someone out hunting for for Padme Amidala. I, this, 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 this whole people hunting for her and everything. I don't care, though I will say it's not Jango Fett. It's just a bounty hunter. Just have it be a bounty hunter or have it be Jango Fett, but I'm going to point out that he's not important later on. So have that happen. I'm, I'm still fine with that. That, that. that scene doesn't bother me. It's it's no hit, no miss. It's, it's nothing that I feel would take away from if I was reshooting it. I'd still say keep everything... Keep everything the same... Up until the um, like like the chase scene's fine. I don't mind that. It's nothing too bad. The whole the actually stop at where the assassin gets killed by Django Fett. Sam Wessel. Yes, I'd say still have it get killed, but once again, don't have it be Django Fett because there is a very big issue there of Django Fett, as we know, is this like Mandalorian that goes around you know but he's using stuff from camino to kill this thing i'm sorry that that doesn't make sense like like why would he use like stuff from there so i would say that not only is there this assassination attempt but have somebody trying to that tries to break in to the jedi temple to steal information and this is where the camino thing comes in then because if this person breaks in and tries to steal information, plus there's someone trying to kill uh, Amidala, so then you have, you still have Anakin has to go with Amidala, but then they find out, oh, they were trying to get into the archives to try to get information on this planet, Kamino. That's weird. It's connected to Qui-Gon Jinn. What did Qui-Gon Jinn want to do with this planet, or why, why did he hide this information in the Jedi archives? So then... That will spark Obi Wan's interest in going to Camino, because he's like, "What? What? What, what did my master have to do with Camino? This is, this is very unsettling, Master Yoda. Maybe you should go find out more, Obi Wan." I'm not even going to try a Yoda impression right now. So that that would be my setup on why to divide, you know, how to have Obi Wan going off in one direction. And then having Anakin go off to still protect Padme because there was still the two assassination attempts. And, of course, the break-in 
at the Jedi Temple trying to obtain this information. Any questions? I don't see anything wrong with the top of my head. Because as, because a lot of people's complaints with the Attack of the Clones is less the story and more like the dialogue and the characters, like they're, I guess the actors portrayal well, of the characters. See, the sad thing is my whole redo doesn't have much to do with that. Like, I, I can't fix that part of it in my mind. The the garbage building of a relationship between... So if you're coming here to see my critique of that, it doesn't exist. Because I'm like, I can't fix that. I don't know how to begin. So you coach the actors the same amount that Lucas did? I, I would just be like, you know what? I... I Actually, since since this is technically a reshoot, I'd be like, you know what? Go try it again. If you can do better, good on you. And for the love of God, Hayden, could you not hate Sand so much? Is it's that coming line of dialogue little, still kept? It, it, it's it's still kind of weird. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll leave that one up to fate. I'll have him. I'll tell him he needs to go reshoot it. That's that is the um that is the secondary team is shooting all that stuff. I, I've, I've left it. Yeah. Se- second unit and second director shooting that stuff. I've left them in charge of that. I, I've already told them the first one wasn't good. Try again. So that's, so that's that. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're looking for me redoing that, it's kind of still, like, like I said, I still have to keep all the beats the same, but I'm changing the reason they're doing stuff. Cause I, I don't like the Django Fett, you know, killing her, and it's like, oh well, he came from Kamin. It's like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't he has make to come sense from somewhere. Well, the the whole like, oh, these these darts are made by Kamino. It's like, why would he be using equipment from Kamino? Because he's been, was hired by them. Because obviously, he has their uh, resources at his disposal. I, I'm just, I don't know. It's it just, it's just that, that 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 that's one of the most recent things that has rang weird with me. But one of the, the, the reason why he's because remember Wilkin, we're ha- we have to assume all of this is like Palpatine's plan. That was one thing about Attack of the Clones. People have to, again, we also don't know how much Lucas was planning this um, before Zenger joined the podcast. I think in May of last year, we did a fifteenth or a fifteenth anniversary like retrospective on Attack of the Clones, and I was at the time Force Ghost Jim called me an Attack of the Clones apologist. And I feel a lot of that film is it's it's there on purpose. It's not by like accent. I know one of the big, biggest like attacks in that film is quote it's the will of the force why any of this stuff happens. But I do think that the reason why I, guess, I, I don't know like certain people hate the Dexter Jetster like fifties nostalgia cafe in Star Wars. But see that's deleted. That's not in this one because it's the whole Qui Gon Jinn was hiding this. Qui-Gon Jinn had something to do with this. What was Qui-Gon Jinn doing out in this outer rim? So, so okay, repeat to me again if you, if you already did say it. So how does Obi-Wan find out that Qui-Gon Jinn is tied to Kamino? It's somewhere in, like, a, a holocron? I get, I'm somewhere in the archives. Whoever, like, that someone broke into the Jedi Temple was attempting to steal information from, the, like, this archive. And that's how he found it. Was that they were like, oh, what was that? What was the person trying to steal? Oh, it was this archive about this planet named Kamino that was apparently hidden in the archives by Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, by Qui Gon Jinn. And then, of course, being his student, he'd be like, why would Qui Gon Jinn hide something like this? And the Jedi Council's like, well, maybe you should go find out because this is very odd to us. Why did he hide this kind of information away? All right, carry on, sir. So, as I said. Anakin story of whatever. 
uh, secondary units dealing with that. I'll, I'll I'll roll a dice to see if they were successful with this. This this Padme still uh, very low key like uh, tantalize him in like sexy outfits. Actually, no. Him. Actually, no. I I I actually hire Seth Green to redo that whole stuff. <laughs> so it's just basically every scene from Robot Chicken at that point. Okay. So so it's the one thing where she's like strip teeing down and like dumping water on herself and all that. Oh, oh boy. And 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 she keeps telling him how they can't do anything and she yeah, it it's I one hundred percent Seth Green is my secondary director. Have fun. Gotcha. With that. So yeah, that sand line would probably still be in there in that <laughs> regard. So he goes to Camino. Stuff would still kind of carry out the same way. I on on that, but it would be revealed that it was instead of Sifo Diaz, who by the way has no explanation given to him in the movie. Nothing, nothing, nothing whatsoever. The explanation is that it was actually Qui-Gon Jinn that, that ordered the creation of the clone army and did all that. Because as we know from episode one, it was pointed out that Qui-Gon really wasn't a fan of the council, the Jedi Council and everything. So this would be him showing, uh, you know, he had a backup plan if the, you know, the Jedi Council couldn't do something. He still wanted to uphold the Republic, so he would he went to go have this army created. The only thing I have to say about that is I can't I, I would always assume that Qui-Gon Jim is more or less a pacifist. And that he wouldn't have instigated the creation of an army. I don't, I don't see, know. That, I could be projecting here, but I, I, I do not get the vibe that he would he would uh that, that's that's kind of that. the only hiccup I have in this is that he's he's always been, but I'm like, it creates a better, like, what's driving Obi-Wan to follow and look into this stuff instead of, oh, there was this uh, guy trying to kill one of uh, what th- this 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 uh, assassin killed another assassin. And now I want to find out what's going on with this assassin assassin. Well, the only thing, because uh, this is where kind of like we fall into kind of the rock and the hard place of Star Wars, is where everything in Star Wars has to be incestuous. Yet at the same time, if you introduce too many new elements, um, it becomes jarring. And I think Sifo Diaz is probably the prime example of that, where you have this character that's mentioned once in Attack of the Clones and is not mentioned formally or, I guess, Lucas canon wise. Until uh, what season? The final season of the clone. Well, which, the Lost Missions, which the by the way didn't even air on TV. Well, no, but but it's out. It, it would have aired. It's that's just because Lucas punted the company away. Punted it far, he did. <laughs> if any, one thing I give Lucas credit for is Lucas knows when to uh, cash out. He definitely knows when to jump ship when it comes to uh, certain things. But uh, no, like I said, I think Sifo Diaz is an example of Lucas did not want to make it that, again, everything's tied to pre-established lore. The problem is that he never did anything with Sifo Diaz after that. No, he didn't. And like that's, I, that's, that's the thing. I'm trying to lo- utilize a fan favorite character that could have more backstory put on them and have a more significant role in the series. Well, I think it would be more interesting that you'd still, you keep the Sifo stuff and then as if a, um, like maybe like a third act plot reveal, like think of the scene where, um, Dooku or, Oh, I guess. Oh, no, no, no. You're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. I have wait, something for that. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm putting my own spin on what you're doing. Uh, like maybe during that scene, though, we like Dooku. Okay, I'm I'm pretending that Attack of the Clones 
goes on as, as it is. And maybe during that Dooku interrogation scene of Obi-Wan, he mentions something to Obi-Wan saying, oh, Master Sifo-Dyas was in league with your master. Something, something like that's what Lucas should have done. You put one line of dialogue in there and it connects it without it being o- hit you over the head incestuous where everything's related to each other. But carry on, there. Well, no, I mean, and of course, to reiterate on, well, then how does Obi-Wan get off that, get off Camino and go to Genosha and all, I mean, G- Geonosis and all this stuff. The person who broke into the, to the temple follows him there, tails him there whole you know fight running through the buildings trying to catch this person who is just like a bounty hunter or something or someone who's a spy for dooku Boba Fett. i i just say if it, if you want to be a mandalorian cool because the clones aren't the clones are just just some genetic thing they're just created they don't have it they just have a like because this is the future you're telling me they couldn't just create something off of just a template of make them this make them that they don't need some genetic individual to be the perfect thing for them i could see them just cloning them off of just a blank template of make them i i don't see why like this is this is also me retroactively taking out um boba fett's origin story and not having him be like in this because if if you take out jango fett it really doesn't change the story that much no, Jango Fett's just uh, basically a generic bounty hunter. Exactly, which the, is the what Boba I'm Fett saying iconography. is there. It's a, just some generic... I mean, if you even want to be a Mandalorian, I don't really care. But he basically gets Obi-Wan to chase after him, and they, of course, do the same thing where he goes to Geonosis. He follows him. Obi-Wan gets captured, but then you have the scene with Dooku where Dooku points out that, you know, oh, I was the master of Qui-Gon... Don't you think it's weird that that he was going behind the like he tries to convince him there to join him and it's more of a you know will he won't he thing because maybe you cut away from Obi Wan not responding to that like for him to be like you know your master did all this what if the Jedi are the bad guys this whole time and have well, it be more of a more of a because everyone knew when it showed that it wasn't it's like oh duh he's not gonna go for this but have it be more of a more dilemma with obi-wan of grow his character of you know wait my do i trust my master do i trust my the council who do i trust right now because my master is doing stuff behind the council's back but what why would why did he feel he needed to do it like had it be this very interesting back and forth and showing dooku kind of toying with his emotions with that I think it would have made a more interesting thing to be like, you know, I mean, of course, we all know he's not. But also at the same time, like have him sitting there sort of questioning, you know, a lot more stuff. Well, that's when, again, Dooku's another thing that's kind of mishandled in just the films. Oh, oh, but also have Dooku referred to as Lord Tyrannus at one point. Just just straight up someone call him it. So that that mystery solved, too. It's not that hard, people. Well, then it's not a mystery. Then, if if, if 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 Django Fett or whoever you you are doing says Lord Tyrannus, and he's referred to that, the kind of then it makes it no mystery as opposed to answering a mystery. But then you could also have him be perceived as the Sith Lord that's behind all this too. Uh, you have uh, the, the audience knew where Palpatine was going. Well, that but but have the Jedi think that they found their Sith Lord? I well, a lot of this depends on how much are you trying to. Again, like everybody makes fun of uh, Jorge Lucas, but a lot of these movies, you have to realize that a lot of it's kind of just like how explicit do you want to make this? 
versus how implicit in the sense of do you want to hit your audience over the head with it or do you want to be subtle? And that's something that I think attack that might be attack of the clones is greatest weakness is that it doesn't know when to play certain things up and others to play down much like Sifo-Dyas should just be a Je- instead of naming a character they just said a Jedi master requested a clone army kept it ambiguous yeah and then and then like you said when it came to Tyrannus maybe that's something you put in there where um, because there was a long time where I thought Sifo-Dyas was Lord Tyrannus was Dooku and then he was playing both sides yeah, I, it just I always, never got explained that way. Well, I remember when I saw Attack of the Clones the first time, or during the summer of 2002, I was convinced that Sifo Dyas was just another name for Qui Gon. See, that's that's the thing. I feel like that makes that character more interesting with all that. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, it, it's a it's a cre- it's a creative choice in the sense of do you want to make again Sifo Dyas isn't a bad concept. You just have to do something. It needs a payoff. I think about it. Sifo Dyas is set up in 2002, and there really isn't any sort of payoff until, what, 2014? That's, yep. that's 12 years of buildup with really, and even the, the, the quote-unquote payoff we do get isn't really anything substantial. It's, it's I don't even think, there. I don't even think Sifo Dyas was ever in a comic. Like, what was Sifo Dyas ever in anything beyond just a, a one-name mention? I don't think so. All right, I'm going to look that right. up right now. Yeah, I was about so, to say, double-check that. All right, you lo- you continue your little your your redo, and I'm gonna look. No, that but up. that I, I feel like that that whole scene with Dooku, if he you know would cause Obi Wan to sort of falter and everything, and, and it's like you, it's it's not like he's like I don't trust the Jedi now. It's just you kind of see it on his face, and like Dooku leaves, and you sort of see him kind of contemplating, like what do I do here? Was my master right to not trust this council? Like why did he do all this? And make and make him kind of you know be like a much more questioning of that to where it's like maybe he does maybe want to join him or maybe he could have had a moment where he like thought about it and I think that would be more interesting than just what we got but I, I feel like that that would have been a better scene of course the last bit would have to play out the same because I mean it, it it would all still add up to the to the clones coming there and everything. Um, the whole battle at the end would still play out the same. Anakin would still lose an arm. Yoda would still come and say, like, see, that's, that's, that's the thing. There's certain parts of this movie that, as I said, I, I would have to make still work. But I feel like there's certain little script fixes and stuff like that that, that could have been done better and had more and, and had a better payoff, I feel, at times. So the biggest and, crux of what you want to fix, basically, is the Sifo-Dyas thing. I want to fix the Sifo DS. I want to give um, Obi Wan a better motivation aside from just he wants to go out and solve mysteries, which is which. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. That is basically straight up what I feel like he all of a sudden wants to do. He wants to go put on a Sherlock Holmes hat and go solve mysteries out of nowhere, like no. He just is like I'm gonna go solve a mystery, everybody, and then runs off to go do that. Detective Obi Wan. Yeah, it, it, it comes out of left field, and it's like, the, the Jedis aren't really... Uh, um, as for, like I said, the Anakin stuff, him killing the Sand... I, I don't know, the Sand people killing is kind of a very over-the-top thing, which I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that one. Well, again, Here that, or comes, there. that comes back... You need, you need, okay, this is the probably the ultimate detriment 
of Attack of the Clones is that Anakin is very unlikable in Attack of the Clones, and he's still rather unlikable in Revenge of the Sith. And yet, in the entire the Clone War series, he's he, he seems to be a rather personable guy. And that's, I guess, I don't know. I, I so, think so Anakin, you're saying I need to go back and fix that still? I th- well, I think again, and that's probably the biggest complaint with the prequel trilogy is that the it, it does not handle the origin of Anakin Skywalker well. Well, that's that's a whole separate conversation for I think the origin of Skywalker. Of, um, well, Skywalker no, is. well, no, because like again, a major red letter media complaint amongst others is that technically the Anakin from the Phantom Menace and the Anakin from Attack of the Clones are two completely separate characters. Yeah, so you can basically do anything you want with the the Attack of the Clones version because it's so removed from how we again ten years go by. Think about how think of how much we've changed from going from ten to twenty years old. So you're essentially a different person, mm-hmm. and. Like I don't know. Like, like I still think to this day that again I like Attack of the Clones. Um, I, I don't like ranking my Star Wars films, but I'd say it's probably one of the more dry of the lot. You know, I I, I was absolutely amazed by it in two thousand two. Oh no, it was something I was amazed by. But it's like as time goes on, it seems to age more terribly, and it's just there's certain things in it that make me just scratch my head at like why they decide to go this route. Mm, I disagree with that. I, I think it's an inherently dry movie, minus its action sequences. Oh no, the, the ending's still solid. Like I'm well, still behind, and that's how I said I wouldn't change certain parts of this because there's good parts, and I just think the script needed to be flushed out a little bit more in certain places and kind of well, make it a better movie. Well, yeah, you need a little bit more chemistry between Obi Wan and Anakin. I think that's a major part. Like you need you need a friendship there where you can where there's there's a uh, what's the word a budding animosity with Anakin towards Obi-Wan. You need that, where you walk into Attack of the Clones, and he has a, a serious distaste for Obi-Wan. And and I get that, but that would be maybe better if Anakin was like 13. Not for when he's 20. Like, a 20-year-old shouldn't be behaving the way Anakin is, for the most part. Like, like the awkward stuff with Padme is one thing. I, I defended that last year, and I still do now. I think, I think Lucas was trying to convey an awkward relationship between well, a 23 and a 20-year-old and didn't, and didn't know how to position that properly. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing we discussed on the Zing this episode, is that it's supposed to feel like she's trying to basically be like, heck, no, I'm not doing this. And trying well, to resist it the whole time. Well, that's what I mean. Because that, that, her inner feelings are like, I want this, but no. Well, no. Like, well, again, yeah, that's that's uh, another Red Letter Media complaint. It's like, why she's a senator. Why can't she have a boyfriend? And you get why Anakin, it's been established that obviously Jedi of, of this era are not allowed to take wives or take lovers of any sort. And you wonder, okay, you get that, though. So wouldn't it be more interesting or dramatic that she's the one who tempts him in the sense of he obviously has the hots for her ever since he was a 10-year-old. And then over the course of Attack of the Clones, not that she's, she's – oh, I think that'd be a problem, though. Is that how do you make someone – how do you make Padme seductive, which eventually leads Anakin towards the dark side without making her come across as evil? And I think that was a dilemma that Lucas had, which ties into apparently what happened with Revenge of the Sith. Where I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story, Zenger, but there's a, I don't want to call it a rumor, but there's things you read online that apparently there was an initial cut of Revenge of the Sith, where, if you remember correctly, in the theatrical cut, which, or I guess in Revenge of the Sith, not theatrical, that Anakin's decision to go towards the dark side is because he wants to save Padme and, and, yes. their, and their child. 
And the rumor is that in the initial cut or maybe shooting scripts, nobody knows that Lucas had was there. Anakin just wanted more power because if you go back to that line of dialogue when he's uh, on his little megalomaniacal rant with Padme saying, I, I, "One day I'll stop people from dying," yeah. and apparently that was his original um, thirst for power. That was that was going to be. I'm sorry, that was going to be his um, descent into evil was his thirst for power. And apparently Lucas screened a rough cut of the film for all his director's buddies or maybe like an internal screening at Lucasfilm. Again, nobody knows who the audience was. And apparently the audience did not like the idea of being of Anakin being power hungry. They just they did not go for that. And Lucas agreed with them. And he apparently reshot I, I a lot like of the stuff. Actually more. Well, that's, told- that's, I mean, if, if 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 I could redo the whole um origin thing is that he didn't even realize he had like she was pregnant or anything it's just like he just kept craving more and more power and just basically kind of didn't toss her aside but just kind of left her well i think you can even see that because we know we haven't discussed it yet if you see the uh if you remember the star wars clone wars i think it was like what chapter 24 or maybe 25 i forget which one is when he's having the vision yeah well i know you know i know zenger hates this it, part where it, it shows, shows everyone running keeps- away well, yeah, he eventually he 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 he's his thirst for power, and he's he's killing everything before him, and he's having this ego and this and this uh, uh, pride, and eventually it's this his arm, which again it's it's done visually through the fact that he loses his arm in Attack of the Clones, and he keeps and this thirst keeps overcoming him to eventually overtakes the thing he loves, which is Padme, mm-hmm. and then if you think back to Revenge of the Sith, that's a complete disconnect. It's not his power that destroys Padme. It's his protection. He's so blinded in protecting her in that he kind of just disregards her safety in the progress, which yeah. is really weird when you think about it. It's like, oh, I'm doing this all for you, Padme. And then he just gets angry and chokes her. And it's like, oh, and then she loses the will to live. Oh, oh, okay, that doesn't sure. make sense. And yeah, and that's why I've all ever since I've heard that theory that that was Lucas's original intent for Revenge of the Sith, and then he discarded but it. it. Make, but, th- but then that makes more sense going into um, attack. I mean, not attack the clones into New Hope, where Obi Wan's talking about him. Well, yeah, that, and, and that that's, Vader was this person who craved power and this, that, and the other, and that, um, and that like when Leia describes her mom, it would leave her mom still alive to. To be yeah. there and to be this like person who was like heartbroken because she went to go, she had to go see the love of her life basically go off to be a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, again, Lucas, <laughs> that that was the fun of Lucas. Lucas did what he wanted. Like Lucas didn't care if, if he wanted to do something, even if it didn't make uh, continuity wise sense. He didn't care. He just did it. In a weird way, you have to admire that the fact that yeah. he's. And that and that's and that might be the ultimate oh, tragedy. Oh, my own continuity. Well, he didn't care. Well, that's the thing about Lucas. Though. Lucas didn't care about continuity. He wanted to do what made him, he did. Uh, what was it called? Instant gratification. It's that whatever made him feel good in the moment, he did it. And that might be the ultimate tragedy of Star Wars, or at least from a, a diehard fan's perspective, is that Lucas just kind of did what he wanted, and 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 there's there's a there's a brilliance to that in a way. Where mm-hmm. you have an artist just doing whatever they want with complete disregard to everybody, uh, it's it's one thing painting a painting and doing that. Like if you're an artist and someone commissions you for a painting, you can you only really disenfranchise one person. Yet with a movie, 
Um, you really can't do that because usually it's a studio that's telling you what you can and cannot do. And when you don't listen, they kick you off of it, as we've seen all too often with uh, Star, Star Wars recently. Yeah, think about Lucas. Lucas was in charge of a multi got a multi billion dollar brand and essentially just did whatever he wanted with it. And you have to, in a weird way, you have to admire that. But uh, going back to our site, I know that was that was the fun of Lucas. Lucas just didn't care. Like it's like Lucas had more money than he knew what to do with, and he figured, you know what, I'm going to make whatever I want, and it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. Tell me I'm wrong. Exactly. Uh, but no, going back to Sifo-Dyas, uh, in canon, he really the only thing that he has, uh, other than just kind of like mentions in other media, is the Clone Wars Lost Missions episodes. And in Legends, the only time he's not just a uh, mentioned only is in the Darth Plagueis book. Huh. Which obviously set up the whole thing that he was behind the formation of the clone army, which was the foundation of the Lost Missions incarnation of Sifo Dyas. So Sifo Dyas, to this day, is a more or less untapped character. Yep. Which is weird, considering the fact that we, we, we have to define everything in Star Wars now. So who knows? It's, it, who knows? It might be it might, that might be. Think about it, Zenger. There's that new Master and Apprentice Obi Wan and uh, Qui Gon book coming out next year. Who knows? Sifo Dyas might play a role in that. Maybe, but yeah. So that's. I mean, like, like I said. I mean, if 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 I was given the ability, like to, ha- I have to still have it begin and end the same way, but I can change the middle, like like with reshoots and stuff. I mean, I guess that that would be the best I could do with this. Like, like this is this, and that's just me kind of getting rid of stuff that bothers me about the movie. I feel makes it drag. Because I, I said the whole, um, Dooku trying to persuade Obi Wan. It's like that is the most empty thing in the world, of him trying to get him to join. It is well, like the most like, you should join me. No, okay. Well, that's just that, that's, a, that's a that's a Star Wars trope. The bad guy always has to tempt the hero. But but I I would like it if if he had more of something to to do like uh, like the whole your you know tempt him with the your master you know. Well, he does this. do that. Just not again. That's that's the Lucas dialogue. Well, it's though. it's 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 the I trained your master, and 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 he 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 didn't like what the council was doing, so you shouldn't either. So I'm like, it would have been better if he had done it the other way to where he would have been like, hey, you know, your master didn't really go with this whole thing either. Why should you? I mean, he created he had a whole army made to because he didn't trust what the council was doing. It would have made, I think, a better villain moment and everything for him to kind of not distrust, you know, to kind of. Or to say, you know, that, that he even came to, to Dooku for advice on this. Like, hey, what, what should I do? The council's not listening to me. And he's like, why, you know, why don't you go create this army so that when the council fails, they can, this, this army can go protect the Republic. Like, make it more, more yeah. than what he, like, really sink um, Dooku's, like, talons into like causing a rift in the whole Jedi and everything. Yeah. And I think, I, uh, it, okay. Cause that's the thing with Dooku though, is that Dooku is, yeah, he has a really no motivation. He's just thrown in there. Yeah. He's just like, Hey, I'm a villain. Hi. Well, yeah, I think if you ever want an example of uh, Lucas, not planning these films out in advance, this is one of those examples. 
because again, like Zenger said, it's just kind of thrown in there as like a one-off line of dialogue. Like, oh, uh, Qui Gon Jinn was my apprentice. Yeah, and and, and that's a very easy, uh, quick fix of tying Dooku into the first film. Like where well, Zenger was, I, and that's what they should have done. They should have, in a weird way, if they wanted to make this uh, much more cohesive as a trilogy. There should have been a little bit more Dooku foreshadowing of a clone army and Attack of the Clones. You mean? I'm, I'm sorry, in the, in the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Me. Or you know, maybe um, Darth Maul was left alive. Like he he escaped after killing Obi Wan. So that we could have him as a returning villain instead of this rotating cavalcade of can't get nothing done, dip. <laughs> well, I, again, I think Lucas, like, well, again, you have to look at it too, not to be cynical, but it's the Lucas thing of you have to make money. It's like, yeah. why, why, why does Iron Man have a different suit of armor in every Avengers movie? Because I got to sell a toy with a new suit of armor on it. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is, though. So if you have a different villain for every movie, you can sell another toy. And, and I guess, and yes, Lucas definitely did let the the licensed partners bleed into his creative process on how to make these films. Again, like we, we, everybody likes to blame Lucas for the prequel trilogy, and yes, he he ultimately had final say. But there are so many different things that made his decisions. Like he wasn't just simply looking at this as if, okay, I'm going to tell this story. It was oh. Uh, the toy pe- again. Think about it. the man made a fortune. Think about yeah. it. you wouldn't have Pixar. You wouldn't have ILM, or at least you wouldn't have ILM to where it is now. Uh, you wouldn't have Skywalker Sound. You wouldn't have had Lucas Arts. You wouldn't have any of these Lucas Arts, these Lucas esque. Um, oh God, other ventures. If it weren't for the toys and the merchandising, mm-hmm. so when it did come to the prequel trilogy, that was a priority. I would imagine if you sat George Lucas down and had like a proverbial gun to his head and said, why did you make the prequel trilogy? Was it A, to tell the, the backstory to Anakin Skywalker, or B, was it there to increase the zeros in your bank account? And I think most people would agree it was probably uh, well, the latter. I, I really wanted to tell the story of Anakin, and I had this awesome script written out, and I was starting to film it, and then this guy came over with all these toys, and then a and then a check, and it had a lot of zeros on it, and that's how we got Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> well, I think it's so funny as you look at like and, and, and was, was that the only thing we got um, there, George? No, you got a lot of other stuff too. Do well, you see I, how many zeros are on this check? That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another interesting thing about Attack of the Clones versus The Phantom Menace, is that The Phantom Menace is a very uh, toy-indulgent film. Yeah. In that, like, you look at, like, all the characters, like, you again, it's a merchandiser's delight in the sense of all these things you can make toys out of. Uh, it's, it's soup to nuts, really, from J- Jar Jar Sucker Pops, where you can, you can French Jar Jar, <laughs> all the way to... Uh, I mean, you- I had a freaking toy of the troop transports for the... For the um, Trade Federation. Well, that didn't come out until what 2012. That was that wasn't even part of the original. No, they, no, I had the I had like the little trip train. Oh, the Micro Machines version. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I, I had that too. I thought you were the real. They made a giant one that had like the little motorized thing where the joints could come out of. No, no, no. My my mine was a small one. It's like this. Why, why do I have this? Oh, I love that. Like, I have that. Too. I, I love it too. But looking back now, it's like, what what kid was sitting there going, "I want the troop transport." 
Fun fact: was, I can I can actually remember telling my parents when I wanted that. I like I like that so it. much. I, I, I really I, I, I love when you prove my point so perfectly. Sometimes I, I can still remember at age six years old. I can still remember wanting that so badly. Because again, I, again, I was the I, I talked about it on the Zeng This podcast when I when they brought me on for Star Wars. Was that I was introduced to Star Wars with the Phantom Menace. Um, it, it hit me like a, t- a ton of bricks. And it was like again. I like to imagine all the thousands of dollars my parents would have saved wasn't for me seeing that film. But it's Phantom Menace is a very toy heavy film, and you look at Attack of the Clones, it doesn't lend itself as much to toys and merchandise as it, it the does previous with, film. Uh, look, there's clones. Well, if you remember oh. back when the toys came out for Attack of the Clones, there was only like one or two clone trooper figures. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until years later that we that we got all the different variations, and that kind of came more with uh, Revenge of the Sith, where they started doing like obviously you had the I don't know all my different uh, clone squadrons. I know you had like what the two hundred and twelfth, which were Obi Wan's, obviously the five hundred first, which were Anakin's. You had Yoda's uh, uh, camouflage one with Commander Gray. Uh, Kiati Mundi with his snow troopers or galactic marines as they were called later uh, Attack of the Clones really did not have that sort of A. It didn't have as many toys as the, as the Phantom Menace mostly because too that uh, a lot of the merchandise partners got burned because a lot of that Phantom Menace stuff just sat on shelves and rotted forever mm-hmm. and then the second thing should. <laughs> say hey hey I loved a lot of that Phantom Menace merchandise as someone who came so late to the Star Wars party uh, I cleaned up all the stuff. I got my Millennium Falcon, my X Wings. Want to take a minute though to point out that Mark has stayed stoically silent this entire time. So I'm assuming that he has agreed with all my changes to the to the Star Wars movie. Well, we haven't talked about Lego yet. That's the reason why he hasn't he brought yes. it at all. Yes, but I, I just want to point out that he is stoically silent on this one. So he is he he is giving a verbal thumbs up to this whole situation. Yes, he also he also fixed. Oh wait, is that? I'm trying to think, is that joke? In, no, that joke's in the next. Okay, that joke will be up by now. He also fixed this squeaky door. You don't even hear any background noise or just a white noise from Mark. Yes, but you will hear the click clack of a Millennium Falcon, Kessel on Millennium Falcon being put together. Yes, the Attack of the Clones is a really weird beast. And that I think it is beyond Zenger's recommendations. I think it's the most disjointed of the Star Wars films because it feels like Lucas didn't. Lucas needed the story, and he didn't know what he wanted to include in this story. Like he knew, obviously, like Episode Three pretty much writes itself. Yeah. As it, it basically not. It, it's funny. We all laugh at Rogue One for pretty much knocking on the front door of A New Hope. Yet Revenge of the Sith almost does the exact same thing. Where everybody kind of goes to their respective corners. Yep. And, and, it's, and like, it's like you and, wait now. Yeah, and they wait basically 20 years. You do nothing the, for 20 years. Get over there. And, and, and I think that, again, I know, again, Red Letter Media and people like them attacked the film for that. But I think that was also meant to play up kind of like the, the stagnation of the galaxy during I, the Empire's I'll, rule. I'll agree with that. Like, what, what, what could you really do as one person? And that's why I think the rebellion started to be this thing that was thriving because it was like there's all these people coming together. Yeah, and I think that's and that's part of the thing with the prequels too is that a lot of people I think now people are starting to get it, but back during the again the late nineties early two thousands, one of the biggest complaints was these movies don't look anything like Star Wars, and that was the point. It was supposed to be taking 
place during an uh, era of prosperity. This in, in uh, the the reign of the Galactic Empire was the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. So you were going to have this very again the the prequels were meant to be very sleek, and then the the original trilogy was going to be this again very used lived in future where there was no innovation. Uh, nothing really, nothing. There was no advancement in, in society on a universe-wide level, and I think Lucas conveyed that. And, and again, and that's the problem, though, with looking at the prequels. Some things you can tell Lucas did intentionally, and then other things you can tell clearly he fumbled it and tried to uh, put the pieces back together as best as he could, and, and didn't succeed as much as he would have liked to. Oh bother! I mess. Oh wait, I don't even know why I'm doing that boys for that um george lucas oh, is the yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i went for that but yeah um the the, the temp it, it's it's my george lucas doing his winnie winnie the pooh impression i think my lucas is a very defined oh i just i just sit here and and cash these giant checks they keep giving me i don't know why i asked for them on the giant publishers clearinghouse checks but the well, bank really hates it whenever i come in Lucas comes in every week with a giant check from like Hasbro and like uh, who else does he get money from? Like other, uh, I'm trying to think what other huge license partners does he have? Um, Hasbro was the biggest who like used to pay him like hundreds of millions of dollars for the toy rights. Just just comes in and it's like, oh hello, Mister Lucas, what are you in today? To deposit another check. Oh well, you don't need to. He pulls out his wallet, takes out the small piece <laughs> of paper, somehow that has been folded more than ten times. And just unfolds it until it's this giant publisher's clearinghouse check. And like well, hands it over. It, it wouldn't fit in the ATM. <laughs> it, wouldn't fit, it, it wouldn't fit in the deposit box outside. I, I tried coming here last night after hours, but it wouldn't fit in. So I decided to just bring it today. Hope that's not a problem. Oh my god. Oh wait, I got another one in here too. No, Mr. <laughs> Lucas, don't unfold that one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how else okay. am I supposed to cash these? Uh, but I, okay, so going back to what Zenger was saying with his uh, revisions of of the film, I I don't know because obviously Zenger starting off at the beginning and the end of the film more or less being locked in place. Well, you kind of have to. I mean, no, I, I, don't, I don't think you I, have. Okay, to. If, if 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 I had to go do a whole recut of this whole thing. That would be way more complicated and take way longer and have a lot more of me just yelling. Well, that's well, that's the ultimate dilemma when it comes to things like like I, I've always seen kind of the folly of fan edits. Yeah. It's like, well, how how do you do a fan edit with what's already there? Like, there's other than just trimming things down. Like, if you don't like in the Phantom Menace, if you don't like Anakin saying "yippee," sure, you, you can cut all those out of the film and it doesn't really make a difference. But like with Attack of the Clones, like how do you? Like I've always, that's why I've always been fascinated about like the IMAX cut of Attack of the Clones, which I think is like twenty minutes shorter. Where like, you think you think about Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones is not a really dialogue heavy film. It, it drags in the middle bad, like it like face plants down and just drags for a well, while. Well, I think that's that's a pacing issue, not a dialogue issue. Oh no, I, I just wanted to point out that it has a huge drag point. I don't even think me fixing it with my stuff would even have anything to help with that. Like, I still think it would still have issues. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you because again, there are again, the Anakin and Padme stuff kind of Anakin and Padme on the boo Anakin and Padme on Tatooine. Uh, I, I guess you could just touch up their dot. I don't know. See, that's, that's, that's the thing. I'm like, how do you fix that? 
you can't fix this through um, simply editing, or maybe you can. It depends on how many takes you have. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously the, the famous story of how the initial cut of the original Star Wars was awful, and it wasn't until Lucas's wife at the time, Marsha Lucas, and two other editors went into it and made the film into what it is today. And you can do that if you have enough footage. Like If you shot a ton of footage, you can do that with a lot of movies. You can save it in editing. But if you only have, like we would, like if you're the, the end recipient, all you have is a theatrical cut of the film, and that's all you have, I yeah. don't know how you can make it, but that's why, again, like I said, fan edits, I think, are inherently flawed, because you're essentially just kind of, what's the you word? You can only cut what's there. Exactly. It's kind of like getting a bad haircut, and how do you salvage it is by shaving your entire head off. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you're kind of in no way, it's a lose-lose scenario. And, and I think, and again, I think that's where something like what Zenger's trying to do, it's a really weird place, because, okay, how do you fix something Without complete or without fundamentally altering it, and that's and that's the thing. It's like I I I said I can fix certain elements of it, but there's still stuff that's going to be hard to fix because it's like that 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 whole relationship thing. I understand what they were going for, but I just I don't know where to go with it. Well, I at all. Well, I think again, like I said, because because you got to convey that they obviously have feelings for each other, but they're both like forbidden from doing it, and it's like this weird, like I don't know, it's just it's just weird how. Well, no, I think well, I think how you fix the Anakin and Padme romance is that you have Anakin and Padme meet. Think about original, and plus how we just know how human beings, like uh, women or girls, mature faster than boys do. So he was what, like almost ten years old in the Phantom Menace. She's thirteen. Nine. He was uh, yeah. a nine, and she's I, fifteen. I, well, well, it's, it's I, well. I've heard it's three years difference. That's always what uh, I understand. I will. I will cite the great Weird Al on that <laughs> from his song. And if I you want to argue, no, you're with right. Him, you're right. No, no, you're right about you know Anakin's like supposed to be like nine and like seven eighths old. He's practically he's practically ten. I remember reading that somewhere. That he's like nine, he's like a month away from turning ten by the events. I, of it's, it's 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 them sitting there trying to be like, no, 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 it's not weird. See, <laughs> no, and that, well, well, yeah, like okay, so, okay. Let me go back to finish and try to uh, fix the romance. So you have the whole thing where obviously, if he's supposed to be nine and seven eighths old, and she's like thirteen, borderline fourteen, obviously she's gonna look a lot older than he is. And then by the time obviously he's almost at twenty and she's twenty three, they've changed. To yep. the point where they they more or less look the same age. Again, that's again that's a really weird thing that Lucas did too. Again, why why did uh, Padme have to be a teenage queen? I don't know. Why couldn't Anakin be a little bit older? Again, that, again, that's a Lucas decision. This is the same guy who made a bunch of weird decisions in the seventies. Uh, that that's Lucas at as finest. But anyway, going back to the, how you fix the romance is that you obviously you have the what you see like that that scene in the very beginning of the film where. Uh, Anakin Obi-Wan first see Padme they're talking to her and her handmaidens Captain Typho's there uh, what you see is you have Anakin's trying to reach out to Padme and they're like oh An- we're going to find out who did this, did this to you but instead of making Anakin come across as creepy you make him come across as he's concerned tr- concerned yeah because think about Padme is one of the very few people in this life that wasn't cold to him like the Jedi Order was that's another thing that's not really conveyed properly in this is that the Jedi Order is the Ivory Tower. They're supposed to be very cold. Literally. Dis- yes, they're cold, disattached, and and 
that's I don't want to say that's poorly defined in in the prequels. It's maybe poorly defined in the original trilogy because when Obi Wan is or I guess Ben Kenobi is describing the Jedi to Luke, he's making them sound like these great warriors of years past. And and to this day, I think a lot of people are missing the fact that, and this goes back even to not, not goes back. This goes to what's currently happening with the Last Jedi. People hold. Obi-Wan and Yoda in such high reverence, yet everybody forgets they were products of the failed Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. They are so when people complain about the fact where we're actually uh oh Luke uh, or, or you know, Luke should be teaching Ray just like Yoda taught taught Luke. And it's like, no, because Yoda, even though Yoda put Luke on the right path, Yoda's understanding of the Jedi was another reason why. The whole thing fell apart. And this even goes back to, again, once again, to Revenge of the Sith. When after Yoda's duel with Darth Sidious fails and, and Bail Organa picks him up, he turns around to Bail Organa and says, I failed. I must go into hiding. And I think at that moment, Yoda realizes that trying to have a one-on-one confrontation with Sidious was flawed. He was never going to be able to defeat Sidious out and out by having a physical fight with him. And that's why you see things like we do during the original trilogy where Yoda has abandoned his lightsaber. I think it would have been a more effective scene in Revenge of the Sith. Instead of Yoda losing his lightsaber, he should have done a Luke and actually thrown the lightsaber away. There should have been a scene like that in Revenge of the Sith where Yoda throws the lightsaber away because he realizes that's not going to be the salvation to, to peace and to the, uh, what would it be? I don't want to say resurrection of the Jedi Order. But maybe, again, a pathway to peace would be throwing away the lightsaber. Much, And guess what? It would also foreshadow what Luke would do in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, um, but this is the, the like, us knowing way more than... Like I said, I tried to play with the rules of I, I'm only knowing what I, like, can fix with this movie. No, no, no. From, like, no, a reshoot perspective. No, of, well, like, you, yeah, you, no. you have a... Set I'm armchair of, quarterbacking. I'm armchair quarterbacking. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was just saying, I mean, I, I, I'd love to change a lot more knowing what I know now, but at the same time, I'm trying to fix the problems with one movie to hopefully make it a better entry into the series and make it have more of an impact well, okay, than I well, feel okay. it does. Yeah, okay, let me go back to my, I always get sidetracked. Let me go back to the, um, the fix the romance. So you have the fact that uh, for the first time in Anakin's life, Instead of having Anakin right off the bat being just kind of gobsmacked by Padme's beauty, you have him be he, – he's like every other Jedi. He's, he's cold. He's removed. He's uh, detached. And then when he says, oh, like we're going to look into this for you, and Obi-Wan kind of scolds him, you have Padme kind of react instead of in the movie where she just kind of stoically stares at him. Yeah. Say something like, well, hold on, Obi-Wan. Let's hear him out. Something that invites him to be like, okay, this person's, for the first time in my life, someone's actually trying to hear my opinion on things. I'm not being belittled. She's yeah. actually, she, she's seeing through what the Jedi's, Jedi are doing to him. And then over the course of the film, uh, like, like Zenger said, I think you cut out the whole Naboo stuff. What you do is when they're on the transport, considering that it's established. Is there a point for them to go to Naboo, technically? Well, okay, listen, this, this would be my way how I'd fix that. What you do is that considering the fact that Naboo and Tatooine are, I guess, somewhere close to each other. Vaguely at least, close to each other. Vague, well, again, between uh, Phantom... It's established in Phantom Menace that Tatooine and Naboo are somewhat near each other. They're, it's a midway point. 
Yeah. Just think about it, they're, they're going from the boo trying to get to Coruscant, and they have to stop at Tatooine. And so with this, it would be the reverse. They're on Coruscant, and they're trying to get back to the boo, so they have to stop at Tatooine. So what I would do is that when they're on the transport, you cut Naboo out entirely. So they're on their way to Naboo, and Anakin wall like one night while he's sleeping on the transport. He has a nightmare about his mother, and he tells Padme, we have to get off at this stop at Tatooine. Or so we have get, to change over at this what, like thing to go to Tatooine instead. Well, we have to go get a shuttle. Well, wait, make, make, it, make it simple. Make it simpler. The, the ship is having a stop at Tatooine to get off on Tatooine. Um, le- less is more in this case. And so they get off there, and this is where they're. And let's say they have, they have to find Shimi instead of going straight to Watto. Anakin, they have to go through and it also shows how Anakin is a, a talented Jedi that he's able to track his mother through all these different means, not just simply going to Watto. And so over the course of the over the course of this, we see Anakin Padme bond as they're alone isolated in the Tatooine deserts together. Yeah. And you have that juxtaposition between the harshness of the sand, the coarseness and getting everywhere with the beauty of Padme. And that's where they bond, and they have their their friendship uh, starts budding into a romance. And you have things like that. They, they eventually they eventually end up at the Lars homestead because you have to have you have to hit that nostalgia beat. Yep. And, and and yet this entire time before they get to Lars homestead, Anakin talks about all. And you also get a little bit not flashbacks, but Anakin reminisces about all the times he had with his mother. How his mother's the only person that's loved him his entire life. Um, even though he respects Obi Wan as a master, he never he does not feel the warmth of of a a parental figure in Obi Wan. And so by the time and he has and at that time, even though he's having nightmares about his mother, they're very ambiguous. He doesn't know if she's dying. He just he senses she's in danger, but does not know what that means. Um, he's not powerful enough to sense the danger his mother's in. And so he goes to Lars, Lars homestead. That's more or less the same. She was kidnapped by Tuscan Raiders. And in this fit of like anger and rage, even though Anakin and Padme have spent so much time together and she feels that she's getting closer to him, he, she sees the dark side of him that he just pushes her away all of a sudden because he needs to rescue his mother. He's complete, even though they spent all this time together, he just pushes her away the moment he has an inkling of where he knows where his mother might be. And so that plays out the same. We see him going through the desert. He, he talks to the Jawas. He talks to the different, uh, uh, I guess, tribes and camps of, uh, of Tatooine. The, the, his raid on the Tusken Raider camp plays out the same. And more or less, he brings, the, he brings his mother's corpse home. And then he has the whole rant with Padme plays out more or less the same. Where she sees, and at this moment, she sees even though this guy can be a loving human being, um, he has a very, very dark side to him. And I think, and that's how you play up the romance in that, in a weird way, the only way Padme can save Anakin is by having him break his commandments to, or his, uh, co- what'd be the thing? Not commitment, but, um, his vow to the Jedi. Oh, he, yeah. he sees that, or I'm sorry, Padme sees that if she doesn't intervene in this man's life he will lead to a much dark he'll lead everything to a much a much darker reality and so the only way to save anakin is by a romance with him and not saying that she's sacrificing herself she does love him like during that whole sequence i already kind of laid out in the jungle where they start to bond with each other um she sees that she does have things in common they talk about things it's not just simply that uh them talking about politics in the field and giant pigs show up 
And I think that's and I think that's how you fix the romance to this. You put a lot less emphasis on the Obi Wan Camino clone trooper origin part of it, and you put a lot more emphasis on Anakin and Padme, considering that this entire uh, prequel trilogy is supposed to be the demise of Anakin. Yeah. And I think that's how you fix you have to make Star Wars slightly more romantic, but not substituting what we love about Star Wars about it. And in, in one in, in they're in the Tatooine wastelands, you have a bunch of you you have a couple action scenes happen. Let's say they, they run into a bunch of bounty hunters or a bunch of scavengers and they, and they have to ward the, fight them off. Or even cr- a crate dragon. Even God better, forbid you, show one of those. There you go. Even better, Zenger Zenger selling. See, Zenger and I are on the same page right now, and that's what you do. And I think that goes into what Zenger was saying. You play. You you don't have scenes of Obi Wan in a library doing research about Camino. You cut that out. Uh, you don't need scenes like that. You you don't have Yoda with the younglings. You got you, you got to keep it really tight, very fast paced. Don't yeah. do dialogue. Do have, it through Have actions. them telling him, hey, go to Camino, Find out what was going on. Okay, bye. Boom. Gone. Ex- exactly. And I think last, you know, I'm not a, a Raylo person. I think what Last Jedi kind of, I don't want to say sets up, but what people are perceiving as a Ray-Kylo Ren relationship, you could do that, but a little bit more explicitly with Obi, not Obi-Wan, Padme and Anakin in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And I think again, I think if you're if Lucas was able to sell that romance a little bit harder or a little bit more effectively, I think the majority of Attack of the Clones problems would have dissipated. I just don't think Lucas knew. I don't think I think Lucas knew he needed the romance. I just don't think he cared about it. I it it's something I felt like he felt like he had to do. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. He didn't want to and do it, but he felt he needed to. I've got to do this for the for the fans. Well, I know. I think it was it was for continuity because he 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 wanted to establish that obviously the the that the romance of Padme and Anakin would eventually lead to Luke and Leia. Because if that, think about it, we don't even know. Think about it, we. This is one of those things we kind of take for granted. But until well, Attack of the Clones, we never knew. That Padme was the mother of Luke and Leia. Well, the other thing is, and this this is something that I've always wanted to like have a discussion on here about, but it's a weird topic. Like, what did you think of Star Wars? Like, what did you think of um the origin was before the Clone Wars? I mean, not before the Clone Wars, before the prequels. And since I kind of am the only one, I think, out of the three slash four of us, if you include the Force Ghost. Uh, the Force Ghosts would be on my side for this. Are the only ones that kind of experienced Star Wars before the the um, the prequels? Because I had time where I knew like what I thought was canon and stuff. Like I always assumed that that Anakin was like that Pat or whoever the wife was fell in love with him. He just kept on getting more and more consumed and consumed and consumed by power and just kind of like not physically tossed her aside but just kind of forgot about her and just went off to go try to be more powerful and then she kind of died of a broken heart because she saw what he had become in that sense but these movies change i don't know i just i never saw their origin as a love story thing i always saw it as he was somebody who kept craving power and she was just somebody that got in the way of it at one point and it's not like he killed her off it's just he kind of just left her and continued on his path to and that's how 
maybe Obi-Wan didn't know about it until he became a force ghost, or maybe, you know, that's, 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 that's why he said, you know, Oh, your, your father was, you know, that cause, cause he saw the complete demise and maybe Vader was more machine than man. But yeah. like before their last fight and everything like, like that's, that's, that's the thing. I, I always envisioned it as Vader was closer to being the Vader. We know before he, I mean, when his last confrontation came in with Obi-Wan and that the whole interaction between him and whoever the twins mom was, was something to where he just, he had an opportunity to basically save himself and then chose once again to just return to, I'm going to seek out more power. It was like a lost moment. There is what I always assumed. Well, okay. there's two things to that. First, even though I was introduced to the Phantom Menace and I was young, I did have, because the Phantom Menace was so removed from the events of, of Star Wars. It technically um, I, I, in, in the grand scheme of Star Wars, it is very removed. Yes. And so what I was thinking about, so I, I see attack, um, I see the Phantom Menace in 1999, and just like everybody else, I had to wait three years to see what happened next. And whereas, I don't know if Zenger was reading rumors and, and message boards in the late 90s, early 2000s, if I had to guess, he probably was. But for me, I didn't have any of that. Like The only thing I can remember in the, into the lead up for 2002 was Greg's previews on Yahoo Movies, <laughs> where, where you, there was, I, I only remember a handful of things. One of them was the fact that it was a rumor that Darth Maul was going to be cloned. That was a rumor that was floated around. And the second one, which is one of the few pieces of like specific evidence that Lucas ever consistently had for um, the prequels, was the fact that Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader slash Anakin fought on a lo- uh, in a lava field. Oh, that no, one, I remember that one, too. That, that's been around since, I think, uh, the original trilogy era. I think that was in the, in the 80s, where Lucas, Lucas always said that the Darth Vader became Darth Vader because he got burned by lava. That, 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 that was always kind of set in stone. But the second thing was, going back to what Zenger was saying, kind of like the, the, the birth of Darth Vader from Anakin Skywalker, the thing that changed that is I think Lucas, and again, this goes back to, you got to look at every Star Wars film pre-Disney under the lens of what George Lucas was going through during his life. During the original trilogy era, Lucas is Luke Skywalker. He's the rebel, he's the kid that overthrows the Empire, and vanquishes vanquishes um, the evil, all while redeeming the father. And if anybody knows the slightest about George Lucas, George Lucas had a lot of daddy issues and a lot of just hurt feelings and just misunderstanding between him and his father. And so, and that's why you have the end of Return of the Jedi being the redemption of the father, or the son redeems the father through his actions. And then, but then you think about the prequel trilogy. And by the time Lucas is working on the prequel trilogy, he's now a father. So now he goes back and sees all the dilemmas and the plights that his father was going through raising children. And so under that lens, Darth Vader is transformed from being the villain to now being a tragic hero. Because Lucas now understands all the responsibilities and the plight of being a father now. And and that's why... Anakin changed, or Darth Vader was changed from being an out-and-out villain to a tragic hero. It's because Lucas's understanding of how the world worked, which you can't blame him by. All of us, our understanding of the world changes minute by minute, second by second. And that's what happened to Lucas in the 16 years between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. 
is that his outlook of the world changed. And that's why you got this very jarring, disjointed evolution of Anakin to Darth Vader. And I feel a lot of people, again, you try explaining that to a, a, a man baby or a neck beard, and it's, it's no, he ruined it. And that's the problem. People refuse to look at these people who make movies and that they are people. I I think that's the worst part of that is a fandom. Star Wars refuses to look at these people as human beings. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I don't hate the prequels. I, yes, if I had my opinion, I would love to do them differently. I'd love to do it more as like that. The clone wars went on for a longer time and maybe, Anakin was on one side, and then he got tempted by the dark side, and that's why he switched sides, because he's like, I kind of want this war to just end. And he saw an out for that as he gained more power. It was like, wait a second, if I fight for them, they're going to bring order to the galaxy. I'm going to flip sides over to them, because, you know, maybe the Jedi were... I don't know. The, the Jedi are a weird thing when it comes to the prequels versus the original continuity, because there, there's not much to go on aside from what Yoda and Obi Wan say, but then they were kind of everywhere. In well, well, that's the weird thing. The prequels. Well, well, people have to realize too that with the dialogue that Obi Wan says in his little hut on Tatooine, is that that was just gobbledygook. That was filler. That was never when when Lucas wrote that or whoever wrote it. If if I'm it was no, Lucas. Lucas well, okay, well, I don't know. We assume it's Lucas, but I would imagine somebody else probably... Lucas was always taking advice from other people. Lucas was part of the whole thing with Coppola, Scorsese, Spielberg. They all passed projects around each other. Like A lot of people don't know that Brian De Palma wrote the uh, opening crawl for A New Hope. Uh, if anybody knows uh, Brian De Palma's films, he did Carrie, Mission Impossible. He's done a bunch of other things. Um, but no, but like Lucas... Uh, during that time frame with all those directors of the new American cinema era of filmmaking, they did, they, they new passed American these cinema. Yeah. They, they, they passed all their projects around. Like everybody forgets that Lucas was supposed to originally direct apocalypse now before star Wars. And it wasn't until Lucas decided to do star Wars that Coppola was forced to do apocalypse now. And so when Lucas, when, when Lucas had this Obi-Wan dialogue, with Luke on Tatooine, Lucas wasn't thinking 15, 20 years later about what this would all mean. It was just, it was, it was a backstory that was very mystical. Sounding. It was a ton of like, cool, like let, let me put this in here. Let, let me build this up. Exactly. And that's where you get things like the clone wars. And that's why to this day, I don't get how attack of the clones is the worst star Wars film ever. Because if you were if you were five years old in 1977 and you heard old Ben Kenobi talk about the Clone Wars, and then thirty something years later you get to sit there see the Clone Wars unfold as this massive battle on a desert planet between. Uh, and that's the thing. I have no problem with that part of this movie. Oh, I, I'm I'm not doing this to you. I'm talking about. Oh no, I'm 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 just I'm just making sure people are clear. Like me. Me going at this is me just saying, I here's what I would fix. And like I said, it's 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 there. It's nothing I can do about it. But if I had the opportunity to, to where they like, for some reason, like SWAT team, Disney SWAT team is just busted in through the windows of my home <laughs> and went, we need you now. And then they took me off in some Disney chopper that looks like Mickey Mouse, flew me down, threw me blindfolded in front of a thing. And they're like, you need to redo episode two and fix it. And I'll, in front of a typewriter. 
Uh, yeah, an, an old-fashioned typewriter, and I'm like, I'll do my best. And I'm like, get me Seth Green, damn it. <laughs> and Star Wars Detours. <laughs> no, no, get me Seth Green, damn it. And as I'm writing, I force Seth Green to tell me stories about them writing that. It's in my inspiration. Oh, boy. Uh, but yes. Yeah. So, so, sorry, sorry to derail you for a second. Oh, I'm just no. making sure people know that, you know, I, I accept what's there. It's just... If I was given the opportunity, like I said, I'm not trying to reshoot a whole movie. I gave myself the, I could only go in and do X, Y, and Z. Because I'm trying to be the re- vaguely realistic here with what I would have the ability to do for a reshoot. Well, the rate Disney's going, they'll basically write you a blank check to make a whole I, new I, movie. I was about to say, but then again, I could have probably been like, I'm just going to tear apart this whole thing. But I was still trying to make sure it worked in the continuity of the rest of the movies to where I wasn't changing it to the point to where episode three couldn't work or episode one didn't make any sense. I was trying to make it to where it's like, it's still cohesive, but I feel more cohesive than it, sh- than it was originally, but yeah, I, 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 sorry, I agree. No, I, I agree. Um, no, I, I think that's, again, I think all the prequels suffer from that. And I think that's because they are the, the singular vision of one man. And I don't think it's ever happened before. And I don't think it'll ever happen again. Where you'll have a multi, god, multi billion dollar franchise that for what, what, 35, how long, yeah, 35, 35 years? For 35 years was run exclusively by one person. Crazy person. Or who had, or, <laughs> or had at least complete executive decision control over everything. Like, think about it. is there? I can't think of another movie franchise or pretty much anything where one person has unilateral say and no one can tell them otherwise. I think about it. Lucas didn't have any shareholders. Again, he didn't have invest. He might have had some investors, maybe like private, but they let him do whatever he wanted because obviously he gave them the return. I don't promised. have to listen to you. I'm me. Yeah, and yes, I think- you are, Lucas. Yes, you are. And well, I think again, I, I like that in a way because we're never. We think about Star Wars is Star Wars. Never mind the filmmaking industry as a whole. We'll never be like that. Like we'll never nope. get that again. I think that's the ultimate tragedy of Star Wars is that we'll never have a point where you have this one guy making arbitrary decisions. Like think about like so. Let's just say for example, again, look like, like Zenger. Zenger wants to go pitches to Lucasfilm. I want to make a Star Killer movie. That will never Good be God. allowed to happen because because it won't fit into the canon. Whereas before, like 15 years ago, if Zenger went to George Lucas and said, I want to make a Starkiller movie, if it sounded interesting to Lucas, Lucas would let him do it. Uh, yeah, like, whatever, okay. have fun. Exactly. And I think it was the – everybody attacked George Lucas, uh, but he let everyone play in the sandbox. Of that many? Oh, hold on. Let, let, let me go get my big checks again. Bank sent, sends me a letter that says we hate you. <laughs> Thinger really likes big checks, apparently. <laughs> just thinking, I don't know why. It's just something, something humorous about George Lucas walking into a bank and then unfolding. For some reason, like he's able to fold it more than, what is it, 10 times or 8 times? You yeah, can't whatever, fold. whatever that number yeah. is. It, it, it's something to where it's, it's folded an absorbent amount of times, but yet he unfolds it every time to just them, to just their chagrin of him having this giant check. This is oh, a very Star Wars. heavy episode. Oh, that's right. Every every uh, Zinger heavy episode is a good episode. <laughs> but 
but but yeah so i mean that's 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 kind of was my pitch on the whole thing of like if, if i was able to do this and whatnot but, but yeah so i guess i did good thumbs up yeah like i said no, I so, didn't okay think it was a fun okay topic. So, so, so for, for your final judgment on this whole thing, because I did come at you with the most vaguest amount of, here's what I'm going to do. Did you think this works? And do you have any big, like, I need, you, you can't do this or issues with, well, I mean, no, more, more, well, than, more than what you voiced? Well, I think I already kind of laid out those that uh, it's a matter of preference. That's why when people attack things like The Last Jedi or with any sort of star, it's like even my dislike of The Force Awakens, it's a matter of preference. Unless something makes me like uh, seething hatred, like Jurassic World, where you just take everything about the first film and just poorly redo it. Unless it's that sort of, I'm not even a big, <laughs> I'm not even a big fan of the Jurassic Park series. You can really kind of get you can you can keep most of those movies, but unless it's like genuinely insulting, which only a handful of movies can do. It's a matter of preference. Like again, like like Zenger Zenger's want to do his one direction, uh, pitching the idea of having Qui Gon tied to Sifo Dyas. I just think it would make it so interesting to have that to have to have that 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 tie in to be like, wait a second. And I said I feel it would do a better job with Obi Wan of like him kind of questioning, you know, what was up with my master. And also, I know that this is me cheating a little bit, but the whole mythos of Qui-Gon Jinn, I feel like this would still work in that for him. Of well, being no, this well, very, you know, still cryptic individual that, like, why was he up to this? And maybe never give an answer to why he did all that, aside from just he didn't trust the council. Well, no, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a matter of preference. I think it all depends on execution. I would imagine if you went back to Lucas's original notes for Attack of the Clones, and he probably executed them differently, you probably would have gotten a much different maybe even better film it's it's all it's all in the uh, execution in the taste it's mm -hmm. it's what it comes down to think about it. you can take somebody who hates uh spinach and you put it in the right recipe for them with the right ingredients and they'll love it it's mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like people who who love ketchup but they hate tomatoes it's <laughs> it's all in the packaging it's all in how you do it and that's why when zenger says oh would you like my idea I said, and it's like, well, it sounds interesting. Like if, if somebody get, if somebody said, give me ten bucks, you can see it. I'd, I'd, I'd put money down to see it. But until that day comes, which it never lot, will, because what, I mean, realistically, here, realistically, Zanger is not producing. Uh, much like the like, okay, much like the Nutsos who are remaking the Last Jedi with like half a trillion dollars. Uh, check out Zanger's new Patreon, remaking Attack of the Clones. Yep. Or, or no, I'm sorry. Reshooting Attack of the Clones with specific or specific pickups. Yep. And uh, additional sequences. Yep. It wouldn't. Like I said, it would not be. I, I, I limited myself, and I think I played well within those rules to where I have to kind of have. Because like I said, I, I don't feel changing the. Be it's the middle that bugs me the most, and just kind of the setup for certain things just kind of makes me scratch my head at times for it. Because I'm like, I just don't get like the mystery aspect of it, and. All the stuff with with Boba Fett and Jango Fett, it's kind of like I could t I, I could leave that and not really bat an eye about it because yeah, it, it it accomplishes nothing in my opinion. No, like I said, I, again, it's 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 a weird sort of uh, setup with no payoff. It's 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 kind of like the I don't, I can't think of another example in Star Wars where something that big is set up and it's really never pay has a payout. 
or payoff. It's um, kind of like it's like the Constable Zuvio of uh, plot threads. No, 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 no. I guess um, the only other thing that could come close to it, not to bring this up too much, but um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Snoke. Snoke. Yeah, there we go. But Snoke was never built up as anything big, though. Snoke was just was it was a emperor proxy. Yeah. Like like it's not like there's a line of dialogue. And, like if we never saw Snoke, that would be one thing. Like if we just had all the scenes in the Force Awakens with uh, oh wait no 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 I got a great one actually the Knights of Ren we've only seen them in a flashback well that's well that's that's all we should see of them though because they don't have any they have no role in the story so I think about I know, it. So, like, it, I, but that I don't know okay. we're in a different age now Let's, too to where like I feel like if this had come out now there would be tons of people like who's Cipher Diaz why is he and it's just like it was just something that was so insignificant and like you could have made that more significant by making it somebody the the you know the character and the audience would be like whoa wait who is the, who are they talking about now he did well, what well i think so. again i think it's it's two different things because the knights of ren have no impact on any plot that we've seen in either force away this is under uh, assuming that uh, jj does nothing let's just pretend jj does nothing with them and but if that happens, the Knights of Ren have no impact on the story. They're just cronies of Knight of, of Kylo Ren. So they basically are the equivalent of the Emperor's Guard. Well, not even that. They're, they're just cronies. Like they're like it's 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 not. It's even less of that. We don't know if they were a group together. All we know is that Kylo Ren was the master of the Knights of Ren. We don't know if the, if the Knights of that Ren could was mean like a, anything. Well, that's why I mean. We don't even. We don't even know if those people he were he was with were the Knights of Ren. He those could just been a, a band of 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 bounty hunters. He found. Well, yeah, like we don't know. Like again, Sifo-Dyas created the clone army, which leads to the the Clone War, which will eventually give Palpatine the crisis or the the thing to do all of his plans. He's a mate. The character of Sifo Dyas is a linchpin in all these events that will reverberate throughout the Star Wars galaxy all the way till the sequel trilogy. Whereas the Knights of Ren are just, if we're to assume they're the people that we saw in the Force Vision, which how accurate is a Force Vision? We all know that's if a good question. Accurate. <laughs> and and that's what I mean, though. So like, everybody's mad about the fact that, like, much like uh, Saddam Hussein, were Knights of Ren. It's, it's like, who, 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 again, the Knights of Ren aren't interested. Yeah, I know, Bill Saddam. Um, we should mention him more often. Uh, but I, I think that's what it is, though. It's they're just they're mentioned in one line of dialogue, and everybody just assumes they're the ones in the the Force Vision. And the only thing, the only really other context we have for them is that JJ, I think, I think it was in Entertainment Weekly or maybe Empire Magazine, said, "Oh, Kylo Ren." Is the is he gets his name from this organization where he's the head of it, and it's like oh, okay, like neat. But we wait. It's, wouldn't it's, that be like if Darth Vader had like a little gaggle of people around him called the Vaders, or the Knights of Vader? Oh my! Stares directly into the camera lens. <laughs> I said I did. That was for people listening. That was not intentional, but dang it, was it worth it? We are the Knights of Vader. We're going to be in episode nine, folks. You're going to see Zenger awkwardly in the corner, Mark will be playing with Legos, and I'll be sitting there just lecturing everybody on what's good and bad Star Wars. 
It's gonna, be, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be the, it's gonna make four hundred million dollars opening weekend in in a billion dollars in its first month. Awesome. And we'll yeah. see none of it because we all did not read our contracts properly. No, they all they cut us out. We all got reshot. <laughs> we we just got hired and we were immediately fired and replaced by Kathleen Kennedy. Yep, because we did not have the right socks on that day. Uh, well, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to get this out. I, I did a much shorter version of this for the Patreon a while back, where it's just me sort of muttering off, but I've had time to refine it and everything. And I said, I'm glad we kind of worked out the romance because it's, it is awkward. And I think it's meant to be awkward, but it's like almost too awkward. It, it kind of goes the full gambit of it goes from this is awkward to being this is really too awkward almost. That's just my opinion on that one. Um, no, like I said that this was I, I, I was very excited that I got the opportunity to discuss this. So it was it was fun. So thank you. But but yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad you were on board and had had stuff to add and say about it, too. See, folks, I'm a, I'm a benevolent dictator on this podcast. Yes. I'm willing to hear. Out I, my, I gave my him zero expectations or prep too for this. So no, all I knew was um, he was he was talking about something Attack of the Clones. So in preparation for this, I watched the uh, Red Letter Media Attack of the Clones review and figured, you know what, it couldn't be any worse than it couldn't be any uh, more of a takedown of that film. I, than I, they I, did. I kept it positive. I did the best I could to be like, hey, you know, I I want to fix it, but I'm only limiting myself to what I have. So. Well, you did a good job at that. Sense. And and I and there's there other Star Wars movies. I I wouldn't even say Last Jedi or um, Force Awakens because they 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 work within themselves. I just feel like Attack of the Clones doesn't even work within its own parameters sometimes well enough. And it's just I don't know. Like if I if, if I had the opportunity that 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 would be the number one thing I want to be like. Just, just give me it and let me. Let me just do something with this, please. I want to help. You and your wishful thinking. Very wishful thinking. All right, you ready to wrap this up? Yeah. Oh, just want to point out, Mark. Uh, do you you got any more feedback on on our on our thing? Did, did I do good? Stone silence. Well, I, I'm I'm very proud that 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 you didn't even have to chime in at one point to tell me I was out of line or anything, Mark. So so thank you for for going an entire episode. For not even saying a thing, so so you you by not saying anything, I've agreed that I did the perfect job with this. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at KLV Podcast and on our Facebook group, which is slowly growing by like half a person a week. Check it out at Knights of Vader on Facebook. Just type it in, and chances are you'll find it. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Rogue Knight, K-N-I-T-E, and on the Cinematis podcast. But I have no idea what we'll be listening to or what we'll be talking about this week because this episode is airing out of order. So maybe visual albums? And Zenger, where can people find you? Well, you can find me every week sitting there trying to avoid having to watch episode two. But when I'm not doing that, you can find me yelling about pop culture and other nerdy stuff over on the Zingness podcast. And don't forget to fist punch that like button. And don't forget to ring the bell to, oh, wait, this isn't a YouTube video. Don't forget to comment below. Yes. Don't forget to comment below. And don't forget to, to like and subscribe. 
because of the YouTube al- algorithms. Alrighty, Zenger. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.